1: Live from the Nasdaq Market Center, overlooking New York City's Times Square, this is Fast Money. We're already having a good time on this yes, are. I'm, I'm Melissa Lee. Our traders on the desk are Tim Seymour, Steve Grasso, and Guy Adami. We're also joined by Jeff Mills, Chief Investment Officer at Bridmore Trust. Tonight on Fast, a prescription for your portfolio. Healthcare stocks jumping as the president pushes for price transparency in the industry. Why the sector could be the single best opportunity in this market. Plus, our chart of the week. One whale making a big splash, betting on this name. We'll tell you what it is. And later, it's time to blank and chill mm. on this cold November night. We ask traders <laughs> what one stay-at-home stock uh, they most want to cozy up with for the long winter ahead. But first, a major milestone for the Dow. Closing above 28000 for the first time. New records, too, for the S&P and Nasdaq. Big-name stocks like the United Technologies, Alphabet, Microsoft, all hitting record levels. So is this market just headed higher and higher? Guy.
2: That's a miserable song, isn't it? I don't think Yeah, I can't. You know music. what? There was a time and a place for it, but not—, it's not it, And it's not the time. This is not the time and the place to talk about it. So what's the, the market. Well,
3: kudos to, kudos to everybody in the desk but me that have thought this market's going to c- continue to grind higher. I mean, there's so many headwinds, there's so many things to be concerned about, and we've rattled them off, the market doesn't seem to care. The VIX closes at 12, which in my estimation is way too low in this environment, but the S&P continues to grind higher on a day where the only real news is the president and part of his administration talks about getting closer and closer to a trade deal with China that I thought we had phase one signed a couple of weeks ago. They're getting a lot of mileage out of that. Earnings have been good, but again, I do think this market is not nearly looking at all the negatives closely enough, and at a certain point, they're going to matter. I just don't know what the exogenous event is. A lot
4: of people felt the way Guy did, and that's the reason why we keep marching higher, because positioning was so negative. So now you only have two months left to gain where you want to be in the market.
2: That's why it's going to go higher, in my opinion. An S&P that, by the way, is up 25% this year. I mean, this was, you know, this, this is one of the quietest, great years of all time. And, and if you think about it also, you know, we're kind of coming out of this period of this negative rate uh, you know, spiral. And so the normalization process, to me, also, I, I think, is a big part of uh, some of the health of the market. But um, I know Jeff's got some views on technically and tactically. I'll let him talk about that. Because I, I do think you can get to a place where uh, the positioning Steve's talking about, the sentiment of pain, which was higher for the market, um, sorry about the song guy, mm. is something that you – you, I think we've, we've started to normalize a bit. But the things that you should be very comfortable about, I think, for an investor are we've gotten decent guidance. Um, we've had a, a, a dynamic where the dollar has settled into a range. There's a lot of folks calling for a slightly weaker dollar. I see not only rates normalizing but and, and and that's not a bad thing that's good for equities but i see basing in industrial commodities i see global markets that have a very good glide path into next year even if we may be getting a little zany right here um and then google Na- uh, apple and microsoft you know they make up 30 percent of the triple q's i mean think think about those charts all three of those charts again maybe a little overbought but if you're looking for what takes the market higher these three names are, are cruising, and, and I think that's good news.
5: And look, we're long-term investors, right? So we don't see a recession next year. So when that's the case, we're going to be fully invested most of the time. The economy still looks okay. The yield curve is re-steepened. Employment's good. So for all of those reasons, I think the market rises over the next six months or so. And then you have some of the major headwinds, trade, central banks, global growth, all looking a little bit better. And for better or for worse, probably for worse over the long term, you have the liquidity backdrop. Mm-hmm. Uh, it is what it is, right? M2 money supply growth is now now growing double the pace of GDP, so money needs to find a home. But to Tim's point, tactically, I think if you want to look for a little bit of a pause or a pullback here, you could get one. The S&P is technically overbought. You have over a quarter of the index trading at two standard deviations above their 65-day moving average. Some of the sentiment indicators that I've been pounding the table on on the show over the past couple of months, slowly starting to move the other way. And I do think that leadership has been really interesting this month. So the market grinded higher, but what led the way? It was tech, it was healthcare, it was real estate, and it was utilities energy financials and consumer discretionary were the laggard so maybe under the surface there's this need for a little bit of a pause or prob- right but if you think about it what can you can unwind an RSI
4: that's overbought mm-hmm. in the S&P it doesn't mean that you have to sell it off you just have to unwind it naturally and I think the biggest out of all these conditions is the Fed the backdrop of the
2: Fed is off the table now he is a dove and will remain positive on the markets. I also think that the backdrop of everybody calling for a recession, it was just a countdown. When are we going to get it? We have 12 to 18 months before, you you know, this and this and that. We're not getting a recession anytime near t- in the near term. And, and yet we even got some data this week. We got some data today from the New York Fed and from the Atlanta Fed, which were a, a little bit more hawkish in terms of the fourth quarter, 0.2, 0.4. Um, but if you if you look at the prospects for 2020, if you look at the job market where it is right now, um, it's very difficult for me to see where we technically, at least, and by definition, get don't I don't know if I'm willing to make that bet that we're
4: not getting a recession. I'm willing to make the bet that, this we'll whole get a recession, market. but I have, yeah, have we to were calling
2: recession. for it. In the people sure. were calling for it. They, they had their eye on well, it. They were I mean, they were, were mean, looking at global inverted, data, and, sure. right. and they were saying we're getting well, it. When, just a matter of when the of Fed says when the Fed says it's not.
4: It's not so much that he's not cutting rates anymore. It's that the the barometer or the benchmark for him to raise rates. It's incredibly high. So that pushes everyone into the most risky of assets, and that's the market.
3: It's interesting. You know, I mean, GDP, started the year, you know, north of 3%. We're probably going to come in half of that in the next... I mean, so things are moving, in my opinion, the wrong way. But Steve's right, and Jeff is right. I mean, you have this money supply, the... F- Say what you want. I mean, this is q- QE by the Fed. I mean, they can say it's not. It clearly is balance and they sheets. Have. It, they I mean, have. It's, it's clearly it, what's they denied going. it up there. Well, <laughs> balance sheets going to continue to grow. I mean, they stopped. They stopped raising rates. Obviously, I mean, this is quantitative easing. And this overnight repo thing that we don't talk about. It at a certain point is a big deal. With that said, I mean, who am I to argue with this? The one interesting thing today is Walmart, which reported, I think valuation finally mattered with Walmart in this quarter. It wasn't a disastrous quarter, but I think people woke up and said, wait a second, Walmart shouldn't be trading at 24 times next year's numbers. At a certain point they'll probably say the same thing about Microsoft at 27 times next year's numbers. I mean, valuation will matter. People are just not focused on You know what's interesting on is on
4: Walmart specifically, they haven't grown EBITDA. It's all been multiple expansion in, in in Walmart because when you start to grow that digital or e-commerce, it actually costs them more than someone driving up to the to the store, well, the picking mix, it up. The
1: product mix is not beneficial on e-commerce. Product mix I mean, is, is not beneficial. When it's mostly beneficial. grocery, right. well, it's, it's razor-thin margins. It's
2: funny because you saw that in the retail sales number that came out today on the headline the retail sales number was okay but when you stripped out autos and gasoline um, it was actually a weaker number I, I- at Walmart, Target, big box—they um, had their place, I think, in a market where we were questioning about recession, and it was a, it was a safer play. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, you know, the fact that they printed three—is yesterday's news—but I mean, they they printed three point two percent on same store sales, which I think for Walmart is actually quite good.
5: Well, let's uh, talk about positioning for a second, right? And getting back to economic fundamentals, I do think that there's evidence that the global manufacturing cycle is actually bottoming. I think you see more evidence of PMIs here, PMIs globally turning up in the first quarter of 2020. So what do you? you want to do in that environment. I think that's when you see the more durable rotation into cyclicals. And if you're going to see cyclicals do better, guess what you're probably going to see international stocks do better. If you look at the MSCI ACWI XUS versus the S&P 500, way more tilted towards cyclicals than the S&P. So if you like value, if you like cyclicals, pay attention to international because our clients, when I speak to them, they're very under under-invested, underinvested in internationals because they just haven't worked recently.
1: Okay, so contrast what Jeff is saying, Guy, your view of the market is a little bit more dour and 100%, pessimistic. But it's been but, wrong but as well. well. Right, right. So so invest in the market or trade the market you have right now. Uh, 100%. It would and not I, be industrials, what I I don't think it's
3: necessarily industrials. I mean, healthcare, I think, is starting to pick up steam again. We've talked about that for quite sometime and you see what happened with the hospitals names like unh today on the back of some of the comments from the president but this started prior to that as well so i think listen i think health care still works i mean energy seems to have found a bottom in the short term i think there's some value there as well industrials sort of scare me i understand what jeff is saying maybe things have bottomed maybe that's the best time to get a lot of these names but you know i don't think i'm not ready to call a bottom yet in a lot of these industrial names
4: I'm going with the cyclical play because I do have exposure elsewhere to tech, but I'm going as uh, the cyclical basis has not panned out so far. But West Rock is one of my names. Olin Corp, one of my names. I'm hoping that it lasts longer than two or three days of the clip.
5: But to Guy's point, too, I worry about the cyclical trade from now through the end of the year, because I do think, as crazy as it seems, I think we're still digesting tighter financial conditions a little bit. So you could see these are trough valuations in the cyclical. Agreed. But I think you could still see lower PMI prints. Typically, when PMIs continue to push lower, then you see industrial cyclicals not do well.
4: Already priced them.
5: But yeah, potentially. But we would be slow to move into value. I like value, but I would wait till Q1, because I think that's when you'll see the durable bottom. And I think that's going to last for a while. So I think being a little bit Late to the game, at least for our clients, probably isn't the worst thing in the world.
2: I, I think I think having a barbell approach, which means owning something here and something here, and and maybe being you to short something in the middle, but that's that's trader speak for. I think owning semiconductors and ultra-cyclical stuff, not only has it worked, but I think it's going to continue to work. Uh, I, I look at a FedEx that is a trough multiple, um, has been struggling, and, and the chart guys, I, I think, should be telling you, you've built the base, this thing is actually starting to challenge to the upside. That's the kind of a stock to me that moves into next year, especially if we've seen this bottom on PMIs. And, and you don't, I don't think anyone here is saying uh, bottom on PMIs means off to the races. It means you're stabilizing. And, and that, you know, that essentially, that that degree of change is, is that much more impressive when things go from awful to just bad, that's when you get the biggest moves. All right,
1: coming up, it's cold, it's windy, so our traders have decided that they are staying in tonight, Mm -hmm. but not all of them are (laughs) Netflixing and chill. Netflix and chilling. <laughs> that,
3: yeah, I was going to what say. What does that mean?
1: I'm not really, you know, I'm not really up on that sort hip. of lingo. Yeah. But, sure you're not. Um, They will tell us what names they're cozying up for, for the ultimate night in. Plus, it is a chart of the week. Find out which name grabbed Guy's attention during this record week on Wall Street. We're live from Times Square in New York City. Much more Fast Money right after this.
0: The market doesn't joke around, so why would you get serious?
1: Welcome back to Fast Money. Let's get to our call of the day. Barclay is getting its appetite back for Grubhub, raising its price target 89%, telling the food delivery giant's board that it's time to buckle down and prevent further erosion of the stock. That's good advice. Uh, Grubhub shares are now down 48% for the year, even though they rallied over 3% on this call. So what's next, Tim? This was, this was the management team that said the problem, or one problem, was promiscuous huh. diners.
2: And I don't know what that means, so I'll just talk about maybe diners that are not committed. How about that? Yes, um, they, they and they, they are use willing to service, shop around. yeah. yeah and, and,
1: and, and, no I, and I think
2: the stickiness of this is, is ultimately the question. I think the competitive landscape is ultimately the question. And finally, the valuation is where uh, I think this got to be a difficult dynamic. People were pricing them on growth. Uh, they certainly had saddled up to some major, major brands in terms of partners, uh, and at some point. But it, the argument here um, by Barclays is it overdone? Uh, and I think I'd give it a little bit more time. I think the competitive landscape is. Is getting worse. It's slowing growth, shrinking margins, there's,
4: there's no, and you have a high multiple stock. So yes, I think it could last a lot longer. And Grubhub wasn't made for this. It was a platform to start off with that started, that, that began to deliver. So for me, I would stay away from this completely. I think the whole group is a sell, uh,
5: Grubhub in particular, is the biggest sell. And I read the research note, and it looked like it was $50 and above valuation in an M&A situation. Right. So, mm. you know, they're waiting around for somebody to come and buy the company. That's not something that we would want to wait around for. I think management hasn't proven themselves. So, again, I would stay away as well. You might still catch a little bit of move on this time. It went from 60 to 32 in a straight line on that
3: what would you say before I'm allowed to say that? You allowed to say that? I'm, she did. She said it a, t- t- a couple you times. Have yeah. you What's been, wrong have you,
1: with that? It's I, don't been been a I, I don't know what it means, so I get scared to say
3: it. I don't know what they're doing in the dining rooms. It's the craziest thing. But from 60 to 32, you know, the 50% retracement of that move is 46. So you can still get a $6 move on the back of what we've I mean, seen. Big short interest, they can get squeezed into this move for sure. All
1: right, well, you know, that Grubhub call got us thinking. Mm. It's a great time to be a couch potato, forget Netflix and chill. Look at all the different options we have for the ultimate night in. So after tonight's show, our traders are going to head home. They're going to kick off their shoes, cozy up to their favorite stay-at-home stocks. So, Tim, how are you spending this chilly yeah, yeah, November I, You know,
2: ice? I tell you what, it's chilly. You know the first thing I'm going to do, Mel? I'm gonna go home and whoa, crack whoa, a bottle. Whoa, whoa! whoa. Ooh, hopefully, I didn't crack it on the desk. 5:31. <laughs> it's gonna be time to take out a bourbon and and you know kick back He's and really think about and what I wanted way. to do this weekend. And it's interesting, we were talking <laughs> about promiscuous dining. I, I tell you what, I, I think my, my weekend stay-at-home stock is Match. Uh, wow. And I know this sounds a little naughty. Wow. But I mean life's the, away, but, kids are gone. Well, again, <laughs> and, <laughs> there better not be promiscuous dining at my house. Um, but but my, my view on this is, look, we, we've seen kind of the secular move into uh, online dating services. I think Match went through the roof and it caught some uh, some sense of, uh, things had turned around. But that third quarter number of $541 million in revenues, the sense that they have these new projects, whether it's Hinge Guy. There's a couple new properties, by the way, with record downloads, and you might want to take a look. Um, Hinge and, and uh, OK Cupid, which has massive growth in India. I mean, this is a company that is global. Uh, the growth is there, and if you want to stay home and swipe right, this is the I most think, research I I've ever heard Tim <laughs> match his Or was it? Did he, he gonna, research this? this is is great. I don't know. It feels like he's living it. Good job, Tim.
3: What's like, this hinge? What's how you doing? Hinge. What's like the hinge? It's, it's this is a dating it's service. A hinge. The hinge. Hinge. Is it?
2: Just hinge. hinge? No, hinge. no, the. Hinge. It's like Eagles, not yeah. the Eagles. Two, two million downloads already this year. Right. Way too much information. I know what
5: I'm doing. Okay, so this is a teddy bear. They are all over my teddy bear, it's right? my teddy bear. They're all over my house. I have three kids. They're all girls. They're all six and younger. So <laughs> if anyone should be drinking, Tim, with all due respect, it should be. Yeah, well, I'm going to pass this over. To must you, so. say, but the next best option is to have them sitting in front of the TV, happy, not talking. So I'm going to go with Disney. We all saw the Disney Plus release uh, 10 million subscribers. I think the, the outlook was for something like eight million uh, through the end of the year. So those are big numbers. I think there's more growth there. Both domestically, internationally, but the stock basically went vertical after you got that big subs number, right? So I wouldn't necessarily buy it here. You have a big gap at about 135. So I would look to 135 to 130 to buy, but I like the story long term.
1: Grasso, what are you going to do today? So I'm going to snuggle up. Whoa. I have a a few kids of
4: my own, and and I'm going to do some gaming. I'm going to wind up playing a little Xbox, playing a little PlayStation. And you know what processor are in those? AMD, Come on. Mm. AMD, and all of their processing units are growing. This one is overbought. It's up 108%, but it's still going higher. It's
1: like a cozy blanket. Nice. It's, it's a like nice I can't, it's my I can't think of it's anything cozy. I would have had you in, leopard, you in leopard, Steve. I
3: got something cozier. Cozier than
1: that cozy blanket? Uh, 100%. What would that be? Well, you, you know,
3: the Mr. Rogers movie is coming out. You familiar with the Mr. <laughs> Rogers? Yeah. So when he, when he would come into his little he his ha- home, he would take his, he'd put a sweater on, he'd put his slippers on, right. Mr. the Mr. Rogers. When I was a kid, I used to watch that. Tom Hanks' portrayal, I hear, is is Oscar-worthy. <laughs> but what a lot of people don't know is that the Mr. Rogers also liked the Chipotle Mexican Grill, the CMG. If you are familiar with that? Yes. And the stock sold off in a meaningful way after earnings back in October. I think it sold off enough where you can dip your toes. So tonight I'll be wearing my... Reindeer slippers. slippers. I had to make sure what they were. Is your foot size
2: six? Women. <laughs> size six women. So, so, I women. I'm just not for. Pronu- sorry, man. I'm, I'm sorry. Like no, keep, you're not keep, sorry. Keep, keep going. You think you, you know? You know
3: it's fine. It's my feet are they're what adorable. they are. They're adorable. They're dainty. Ador- they're, <laughs> they're adorable. They're they they dancers. They're they dancers' lovely. feet. Yeah. <laughs> Good for you. Love them. All right. I've forgotten
1: what your pick is.
3: Cmg. Yes. The CMG. Mr. Rogers pick.
1: Nice right. work. Yeah. Any thoughts on each other's trades?
2: <laughs> well, I'll tell you what. I, I actually think, Steve, outside of his blanket, um, I like what he's doing on the gaming. I, I love Activision. I think if you think about the, both the stock in terms of how it's stabilized, I think the earnings multiple around 21 times. I, I, I certainly think um, you've got a dynamic in their pipeline that you actually have some, some tailwinds after some really difficult comps. It's a name I'm long. So I'm, a big, I'm big into gaming, and that's all the kids are doing.
1: Mm. Yeah. How about CMG? I don't know about CMG. I think it's
4: a. I think you have a little bit of a, a of a reversion back on this one. It's. Bit, I don't know burritos. You like burritos? Oh, I right? love them. No he's beans. A big burrito no beans. guy. Extra no cheese. The guy you know, needs to be at home me, when I, he's
2: having. You have no these, idea. You the
4: multiple prepare stations, and not all the franchise have them, so you're waiting in line. So I, I, I don't know. I think it's run its course. Due for a pullback.
1: Are you? Do you have circulation in your feet right no. now? No. I can't no.
3: feel my toes. He
4: actually hacked off all of his toes. That's why I look looking No, I mean, small. the things I do it. for the
3: show, it's the craziest. Now i got to show them again. I mean, it's the craziest thing what this they is make what me we do. <laughs> we I mean, this what, what we do. Those are your slippers. You
1: brought them in. Well, you don't have to best tell me. That's
3: just down people, to God. I mean, please. that's please. not right. That's all just right. not right, Mel.
1: A lot more coming up on Fast Money. Here's, else. Here's what else we've got cooking.
3: Restoration Hardware getting a boost as Warren Buffett makes a big bet on the home goods retailer. We'll break down what the company's doing right and how the markets are betting on Target ahead of its earnings report next week. We'll bring you that and more when we come back.
0: What's on the horizon for financial markets? At PGM, it's a question that over 1,400 investment professionals relentlessly research in pursuit of your long-term goals. Specialized across asset classes, but united in collaboration. Our teams provide global and local expertise. Our investments shape tomorrow, today. Pursue your tomorrow with PGM, a leading global asset manager. What does it mean
1: to be rich? Maybe it's less about reaching a magic number and more about discovering the magic in life. At Edward Jones. A big interview coming up on Monday. Julia Borson's got an exclusive with Snap CEO Evan Spiegel. We'll bring that to you 10 a.m. Eastern on Squawk on the Street. Time for the chart of the week, Guy. You're flagging a retail name.
3: You have to look at this. I mean, Restoration Hardware was an $85 stock in June and having all kinds of difficulties. One of the reasons I think people thought the tariffs would would uh, implement, it would it adversely affect them. But now look at it. It's more than doubled. Warren Buffett's taking a stake. They're coming off a great quarter, 12% revenue growth. And you say to yourself, there's no way this stock can be valued now given the run that it's had. Guess what? It's only trading at 16 times next year's numbers, which is relatively inexpensive given where it's traded before. So although it's had a huge run and Mr. Buffett's in it now, I think that RH can continue to go higher there, Melms.
1: You had once been in RH.
2: Yeah, this was at one point a turnaround story and kind of a management change story and also them getting really their, their Restoration Hardware Club, their loyalty club on board. You become a member. You become tied into the you know the ecosystem and, and it works. And I can tell you it works. Um, and, and I think this has also been part of that home improvement trade. I, I, I would rather play, rather than playing home builders, I would be in Home Depot. I would be in Restoration Harbor, Hardware. I would be in Sherwin Williams. Um, these are ways to play. I think uh, a consumer who's got a job, a consumer who's investing more in their home, and, and I think this is a play. And this guy talked about the multiple here is is not aggressive, and it's a name I think you could stay long.
1: I mean, furniture was one of the weak spots uh, in retail sales today. So I, you know, if you were to play the consumer. And the home trend, what would it be?
5: Yeah, I don't know that I'd look at one retail sales report and make a judgment going forward here. But, you know, it's a reasonable point. I do think that you're talking about a stock that's 30 percent above its 200-day moving average. So maybe a little bit of room here to pull back. I think if you get above 192, then there's space up to 200. Um, so, you know, generally, I still like it here. The valuation's good, and I would ride it.
4: This is definitely one of those stocks that is close to overbought. But when it's been overbought recently, it's unwound it without coming in hard on the name. So I think you're still okay. Even though it's had a great year-to-date year performance, I think you're okay still owning the stock up at these levels.
1: Buffett really bought some interesting things. I mean, they're small positions, but interesting stocks. It makes you wonder right? if it's
3: him or his uh, min- ah.
1: Might take over one day. Mr. So, Buffett.
3: Somebody's to take over for all of us at, at some point. Yes. Isn't that definitely. true? I mean, that's and I
1: heard a nice say. pair of slippers. And guy. who could fill
4: those slippers? Yeah. Very
1: few people. It's reindeer. That's true because they're so small. <laughs> you know, I don't. I, now,
3: that's it's, 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 ha ha,
2: Melms. Ha <laughs> ha.
1: Uh-huh. Final trade time, Tim.
2: I love your slippers, no matter what anybody (laughs) says. Uh, And I love FedEx here. We talked about the cyclicality going into next year. We're talking about a trough multiple. We're talking about a management team that's been maligned, but I think Fred Smith is one of the best in the business.
5: FedEx.
1: Jeff Mills.
5: We would be a tactical seller of Apple here. We still like it long term, but we actually did trim it a little bit today. We just think it's gone too far too fast. You're talking about a stock that's 25% above its long-term moving average. I would look for a pullback if you're going to buy more.
4: Steve Grosso. I have a 3-day rule and I and I didn't adhere to it myself in Shake Shack. That's why I'm underwater water on the trade. So this 3-day rule turned into a 6-day rule.
2: I think you're okay buying Shake Shack here. You, you should have use buy- that rule on your on your and buying that blanket, by the way. Yes. I got it. Leopard <laughs> NZ. Yeah.
3: Big OA coming up with CB Always Dubs. All's big. I love the OA. We have Columbia Business School here by the way. Ah, quick I mean I'm just like giving Columbia. them a quick hello. Yeah. Blackstone Yeah, trading up against 52 again. This sucker wants to seem
1: to go higher. OA's up
0: next. This podcast is supported by FedEx. Dear small and medium businesses, no one wants happy customers more than you do. So you need a business partner just like you. Like FedEx, who understands your passion for serving your customers because they have the same commitment towards you.